this is Mercedes Lewis, former guest, voice actress, Twitch streamer with Rainbow Mike Gaming, and Flynn's birthday twin. And you're listening to the I Know You Hear Me podcast. Are you needing some decals made? Maybe some vinyl or monograms? Then you need to go check out my wife's Etsy shop at Decals by Kins. That's K-Y-N-S. Go over to Etsy.com slash shop slash decals by Kins and you can check that in the show notes as well and see what she's done for other people and see what she can do for you. And I'm speaking from experience here. All of my water bottles, my protein bottles, they all have something that she's printed and put on there and those things last. So if you need something like that for a gift, for your family, for your kids, or even for yourself go check out what she can do for you and as a special treat for my listeners if you use the promo code flynn that's f-l-y-n-n she's even going to get you 10 percent off your order now you can't beat that so go check it out and see what she can do for you and i know you hear me hey everybody thanks for joining in again for another awesome episode in the fifth season of the i know you hear me podcast the only podcast hosted by the aiwf world television champion the man himself, Hollywood Flynn Hendricks. And I know you hear me when I say I've got a great chat on the other side here with my buddy who hosts the Wrestling With Heart podcast, Stanley Carr. But before we get to our conversation, I want to encourage everybody to go to my link tree, linktree slash the Flynn Hendricks, to not only check out all of my social media and get connected and follow me there, but make sure you're checking out my website as well. It's finally live. It's finally active. We've got my store on there with a bunch of great merch. You've seen the Flynn shirts. There's pictures. There's wrestling figures. There might even be some Star Wars stuff on there if you're a collector like I am. But there's stuff for everybody on there. And don't forget, 10% of every sale goes to benefit St. Jude and the Nashville Humane Association. So you're not only getting some cool stuff and helping support me in this show, but you're also helping to support some great causes that are very near and dear to my heart. Now, we're going to take a quick pause for a little advertisement, and then we'll be back on the other side with my chat with Stanley Carr. Hi, I'm Will Harridge, and I'm an audio engineer. But you would not believe the amount of mediocre voice actors I get in on the daily. It's scary, honestly. I always want to recommend them to Elise Bowman, who's the best voice acting coach I know. But I'm always afraid I'm going to offend them and be out of a job. Thankfully, I send the best ones over to her anyway over at EliseCoaches.com, and they keep coming back. Hi, I'm one of the mediocre talents that Will has to work with. And really, I'm thinking about looking up Elise myself. Go look at Elise Coaches today and start your career without ending mine. What he said. All right, everybody, we are back. And like I told you on the other side, guys, I have got a great guest for you today. He's the host of Wrestling With Heart. It's my buddy, Stanley Carr, and I got to praise this guy right out of the get-go. You know, he's been flexible with the moving schedule and how crazy everything's been lately. So I'm glad that we finally got a chance to sit down and make this conversation happen. So, Stanley, dude, how are you? And thanks for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Of course, man, of course, and you had me on your show recently, and I can't plug it enough because I love the premise of your podcast, Wrestling With Heart, and we're going to come back and get into that here in a little bit, but I want to I take it back to the beginning with you some and just kind of figure out, you know, where your love of wrestling stemmed from and what gave you the idea to start your podcast, because it's a very unique concept that I've never heard of before I started talking to you. Yeah, um, so I have always been a fan of professional wrestling dating back to when I was five like I it love was it. like a sta- it was like a staple of my childhood as it was like for so many people yeah um I started watching um at the tail end of the attitude era so about 2000 uh this was like when the rock was like at his peak as like a baby face yeah 
Uh, Austin was out with an injury. Mm-hmm. I think it was like his neck was broken yep. or something. And um, so he was like the big star. Triple H was like the top heel, like the McMahon Helmsley. Oh yeah. That was like the first exposure I ever got to pro wrestling. Um, I kind of drifted out of it for a little bit. Tends, it tends to happen. Back. And I kind of and I kind of re- I kind of regret it because I missed out on. Some, I kind of missed out on some good stuff though, because I was like, I was a kid when I still when I drifted out. So I was like, yeah. I missed like the first part of the ruthless aggression era, but I'm so thankful and I'm grateful that I caught most of it because right. there was a lot of good stuff. Like I'm talking like 2004 to about 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. even to a little bit of 2008 before WWE went PG. Yeah, you still had some quality stuff. Oh, for sure. Angle and Angle and Guerrero. Shawn Michaels and Eddie Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle the best um, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero uh, Booker T and King as King Booker I mean they had so some good, good man. stuff back then they and, did you know I, I just feel like you know looking back out on it now it's like man this is some quality level stuff I mean people were kind of crapping on it at yep. the time but I'm like like I mean, now you got a lot of talented people on there, but like mm-hmm. the writers and whoever was coming up with all the stuff back then, it was just like the juices were on fire. They were. I mean, they really, and that's the thing too, is people say, you know, it was a down period or it was a weird period because all the competition went away. TNA was a thing, but I mean like the Ruthless Aggression era is right when I got into my peak fandom, like start of 2002. And there was so much good stuff there, I man. Like you name my favorite match of all time, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, but all this entertainment that wasn't, you know, really looked at fondly at the time. Granted, there was some craziness in there. God wrestled a match, you know, this, that, or the other. But, I mean, like, it was such an underappreciated time because a lot of the guys that we are still watching today or some that are even, you know, Hall of Fame bound came from that time frame, the most stacked roster ever. Hell, still still to this day, there's people that are still wrestling that haven't even been in the Hall of Fame, like... Guys like the Miz, Miz, got Shelton, his start in ruthless aggression era. Yep. Um, Shelton Benjamin, Shelton most Benjamin. underappreciated yeah. man, and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, it, dude, it's it's ridiculous, Randy man. Orton. Yeah, and Cena, Batista, like you name it, the list goes on and on, and it's just. And there are some guys that are still going on the indies as well, but I mean, like the amount of people and the amount of people that are still working for the company now, uh, in different roles in WWE, came from that era, and it's just. It's so underappreciated because it fell right after the Attitude Era that everybody puts on this pedestal. But I think a lot of the in-ring competition and a lot of the toned-down entertainment was so much better because it didn't push a lot of boundaries. Again, the the God thing happened, you know, whatever. But there was so much good stuff there that just doesn't get appreciated because it always gets compared to the Attitude Era. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, what I liked about what I like about the ruthless aggression era was that you still had that like, like that edge from the attitude era yeah. that people love so much. Mix that in with some good technical wrestling, like the Angles, the Guerreros, the Benoits, mm-hmm. the Mysterios. God, yeah. You had that, you know, and you had like the eye candy stuff with the women. You had the serious, legitimate competition with the Trish, the Trish Stratuses, the Litas, the yeah. Jacquelines, the Jazzes, and then you know. You got the Tory Wilsons, the Stacey Keeblers, the Don Marie's. It's like the there was Candace something for Spells. everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's it was, it was just a wonderful time. The thing, the thing that doesn't get talked about enough for that though is the amount of guys that went away after the Attitude Era because it seems like somewhere between 2000 and early 2002, a lot of these guys fell off, 
And then they started, you know, like, you started realizing, like, Xbox's gone, The Godfather's gone, uh, Road Dog's gone, like, all these guys are falling off, but then you have this new crop of talent that's coming in, and they're hungry, they want these spots, and then they're just sitting there, like, taking no prisoners, you've got the SmackDown 6, Brock Lesnar, like, all this stuff is going on, and it gives mm-hmm. a new generation of talent a chance to step up and, you know, steal the spotlight, and I, I'd exactly. say they did. Absolutely. I mean, even some of the guys from WCW that came over to the WWE, like Booker T, yeah. like Rob Van Dam, like uh, Rey Mysterio, mm-hmm. even Chavo Guerrero oh, man. got over. Yeah, very much so. Era. You and know, it- just, just like the whole cruiserweight division from like 2002 to about 2006, 2007 was on fire. Because you had guys like Chavo, you had guys like Paul London, mm-hmm. you had guys like Brian Kendrick. God, that were out so there good. it every night. Absolutely, um, man. Nunzio, the FBI, um, oh, full-blooded man. Italians. Uh, you are taking me back. You are taking yeah. me back. Man, I'm getting nostalgic over here. That's it's it's funny you speak of ruthless aggression now because any figure collectors that listen to this know that there's the big kick with like the whole Walmart figure hunt thing where all these ruthless aggression elites where they're re-releasing Jack specific figures as you know the Mattel Elite line. And people are going crazy trying to get these things. So, I mean, it clearly was a very prominent period that I think, like, you know, in hindsight, like, the Star Wars prequels, we're just now starting to love it. Yeah. I I went to my first WWE show Mm -hmm. at nine years old. I was living in Maryland at the time. Oh, wow. Because I lived in in Maryland for a good chunk of my childhood. Mm -hmm. It was was on a Sunday night. It was in July of 2004. Okay. It was in a town called Frederick. And, um, they, it was the Raw brand. This was back during the brand split. They had Raw crew, SmackDown crew. This, mm-hmm. was, this was not televised. This was, like, live. Yeah. It was an outdoor show. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I, um, I remember, um, Stacey Keebler coming out for a segment with Jonathan Coachman. And I don't know if you remember the Diva Search, but oh, it, was yeah. promote, it was to promote that. So, I think that, um... Jonathan Coachman must have said something to her, and she did. She did not take it very well, so she kind of kicked it where the sun don't shine. Oh, leave it at that. Poor and coach. So, poor coach. Yeah, poor, poor coach. <laughs> so I, you know, they have an intermission, and so me being a nine-year-old kid, just you know, is just, just adventurous. Takes off from his parents. Oh, They've got man. a merch stand. And they've got a tent where the wrestlers are coming out because, you know, they don't have like the, you know, the big set of Titan Trons and all that stuff that you see on TV. So me being this naive nine-year-old doesn't know any better. uh, I was just curious, like, what is in that tent? Oh, oh, man. so, so, So I go in, just take a peek. In front of me, I see Stacey Keebler. To my right is Victoria. And to my left is Kane. Oh wow! Oh and, man! And that's what—that was after he unmasked, right? Yeah, oh. yeah. So I'm just, so I'm just like, so I'm just like, oh my gosh! So Stacy says hi, and Victoria's like hello, and Kane's like, I'm like hi, Kane. <laughs> my dad just yanks my shirt. <laughs> I can see that as a cartoon. The little Kane just comes in and yanks you off stage or yanks you out of the tent. Yeah. Oh. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, before the days of uh, autograph uh, signings at airports. Yeah, oh boy. 
Oh boy, we won't get into that, but no, 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 oh, no, no man. No. So I mean, you 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 got in around the same time that I did, and again, you mentioned too that you drifted away for a little bit, and I feel like that tends to happen to everybody at some point. But you either make your way back, or you move on to different things, and your friends drift their way back. But I mean, there, there's something so dynamic about wrestling, and I I don't really know how to describe it, but it's so cool that. It brings all these different people from all these different walks of life and different age groups together, and there's something that they can all conversate over. It's so cool, but it doesn't get its just due. But no, it doesn't. Something, something that you're doing now with professional wrestlers really jumps out to me because, you know, we hear about guys like John Cena that do Make-A-Wish or even the things that Hulk Hogan has done with Make-A-Wish, but the premise of your podcast is talking to wrestlers and, you know, diving into different, you know, charities and things that they help out with. So, I I'm curious, because that's a concept I'd never heard of before, you know, talking to you. What kind of prompted you to go and go to that route with a podcast like that? So, me coming from a radio background, um, you know, I'm a radio personality. Absolutely. And, and something I'm, that's something I want to do and am still wanting to do and going to do. Uh, but, um... I'd always wanted to, I think deep down, I always wanted to get involved with the business in some form or Yeah, fashion. absolutely. And so I knew at some point I wanted to do like a, whether it was a wrestling radio show or a wrestling podcast mm -hmm. um, of some kind. Um, I initially was just like thinking about like different ideas and just like, because like the podcast market is so like stacked to the brim oh yeah like, you know especially with wrestling you know for sure and so i mean everything's like you know interview shows or you know kind of like nostalgic shows like what we're talking about with ruthless aggression yeah um but and i and i took a look at this they're really up until my show there really isn't really a, a show talking about uh helping other people or right. doing acts of kindness or charity or in inspirational stories. But like, I mean, there've been like spe special episodes of, of other podcasts. Yeah. And I actually did take a look. There was one mini series that was done. Um, I think it was with Dana warrior a few years back. It was kind of, you know, had a little bit of a similar, similar premise, but like, I kind of wanted to, you know, everybody has different ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And same, or same ideas. So I kind of wanted to do a show where, sure, we'll talk with, with, you know, wrestlers about their careers, but I also wanted to dive into stuff that they've done outside of the ring, stuff that they've done to help other people, help out in their community. Um, and so I just was like, you know what? This is actually a pretty cool idea, and I'd like to go forward with it. And For so sure. I started it back almost a year ago. Wow. Um, and September will be one year since I Man. started wrestling with Hart. All and, right. Uh, I've had people like Al Snow on there, Stevie Ray. I actually just recorded an episode with Devon Dudley. Oh, wow. That is amazing. So, yeah. Um, and uh, Angelina Love. Nice. Um, Very good. Impact. Yeah, so, you know, uh, my my most highest sh uh, show episode that's out right now is with um, ba Baby Doll. Really? Wow, yeah. man. And for those that don't know, she was a very prominent uh, managerial figure back in the 
80s era, the NWA, Jim Crockett. Most people would yeah. probably know her from managing Tully Blanchard and the controversial slap she took on TV where Dusty Rhodes came to her aid. But, I mean, man, that is so awesome. So, I, I got to know because, you know, it seems like everybody has their process of reaching out to guests and everything. But what do you do? Uh, like, Do you just shoot your shot? What What's your process for getting people on your podcast? Well, you know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because with technology and with how social media operates now and the internet, um, it was. Um, I mean, I kind of use. I mean, I use Facebook. I've used Instagram. Um, I try to email people too. Absolutely. It's, just, it's, it's 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 a variety of different things. It's whoever can come. Uh, whoever can get to me as as best as they can to reach out. Yeah. It can be hard sometimes because you know. People may have other gigs, or they're just too busy at the moment, and they, you know, I just, I just say, you know, we'll circle back, we'll talk about it at, other, right. at another time. So, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of who's available, who's not. But I'm not like, you know, never say never. If somebody yes. can't make a show, you know, right now, that doesn't mean in about six or twelve months from now the answer may be different. I, I absolutely. Like if somebody, if somebody says no right now, I'll try to circle back with them in about six months or yeah. so, just to say, hey. You know, I, I'd love to have you on the show. I think that, you know, this show, the thing with my show is I try to get people to not only talk about their careers as, as wrestlers. We'll talk about that and, and, and all that, but we'll, we'll try to talk mostly about what they've done outside of the ring and anything, any organizations, charity organizations that they've worked with. Like I mentioned Baby Doll, she worked with um, this company called Crime Stoppers. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, animal rescue. Oh, I love it already. Help rescue animals. You know, you know, basically, you know, make sure they have a home. Yes. I think, you know, we all want to have our animals. You know, in, in safe places. Places Absolutely. where they can, you know, they can count on somebody being around for them. For sure. So I just feel that you know that was very heartwarming, um, and you know it's just stories like that that really make you go, wow. You know, if you make a difference in your community, it can just go a long way. Absolutely. You know, it, and the thing is, is you don't really think of pro wrestlers as the people that, yes. you know, do that kind of thing. Right. So I'm like, and, and I feel like this is kind of interesting um, right now. And, and as of right now, I've got about, <laughs> as, a, as an up and coming podcast, I've got about 60 subscribers on YouTube. Very nice. We Very that. nice. We want to. Yeah, we want to we want to bump that up, but we're on all the platforms. Absolutely, and we'll have links yeah. to everything in the show notes yeah. too. And I mean, yeah. just to give you a little bit of a shout out too, I know you're uh, you're constantly sharing on social media. I think the most recent share that I saw was you were up to 400 or right on the cusp of 400 follows on Facebook, and I mean it's still growing. So I mean, yeah, it's like hats off. Thirty likes right now. So yeah, if you could share the page for sure, I'd appreciate it. It's just you know. Um, it's a process, you know, I, I tried to, um, there was one piece of advice that somebody gave on like a podcasting, uh, group that I belong to on Facebook that said, how do you target your fans that you want to have on your podcast? So that you want to get to your page. And they said like, friend, as many people as you can Yep. Uh, that are wrestling fans. And so I, through my wrestling groups, I've just tried to friend as many people Absolutely. as I can just, just add them and, you know, Little by little, you know, I'm trying to hit up the convention circuit. I went to yep. one in in um, June in Springfield, Massachusetts, and I'm planning on going to Wrestlecade in November. Very nice. Um, that, that'll be a I'm big one. 
Yeah, it will be. And I'm kind of hoping to go to Wrestle WrestleCon next year in Philadelphia during WrestleMania weekend. I think Ooh, that'd be kind of cool. That would be huge. I mean, there's going to be a lot of influx of indie talent. I mean, big-name talents from all the other companies that are going to be up there in town. I mean, there it's like a who's who, basically, that's going to be around yeah. all these shows. Yeah, so I'm just trying to, little by little, I'm just trying to, you know, invest some stuff in, in the podcast. And Absolutely. Make it something. I'd like to even make it a radio show if, if possible. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's, it's a medium that doesn't really get taken advantage of anymore. Because, I mean, a lot of this stuff did start out with radio shows, but it seems like everything's kind of drifted over to YouTube or, or podcasting as we're doing here. But, I mean, radio-wise, too, I mean, there's Sirius XM with Busted Open and these different shows, yeah. but, I mean... There's so many different opportunities out there, and people will listen if you give a good quality content. And what you're doing here, uh, similar to what I do here on this show, is you're humanizing these people. Because like you said, people don't picture professional wrestlers as people that give back to their communities. But you know, you hear about Edge and Beth Phoenix doing food drives for kids in school and Headlock yeah. for Hunger. like All these different things that humanize these people and show that they're not just uneducated meatheads. like They actually are caring, compassionate people. And I think it's not to brag by any stretch, but it's a way to get promotion out for what they're doing and get more people involved. Because, I mean, it's it's a great cause and it's something that you can go to bed at night knowing that you did something good to help somebody or help, you know, animals in need. There's so many different ways to, to spin it. But, I mean, it's it's a good thing that humanizes these people that people may not get the chance to see them that way. No, I mean, you'll hear about, you know, companies like WWE, you know, we just had SummerSlam in Detroit. Yep. They went to, you know, usually around, like, their big pay-per-views, they go to, like, the Boys and Girls Club or Special Olympics, and they team up with those organizations to help out, you know, with the kids over the weekend. And you'll yep. see, like, promo packages for it. So it really does shine a light on these these people Absolutely. really doing something for their community. For sure. And, and that was another reason why I wanted to start this podcast. So Yeah. The sky's the limit. Uh, man, that's that's the truth of it. And I actually heard a statistic, I think it was from Chris Van Vliet, on, uh, I think today was his 500th episode, and he mentioned that, you know, I think like 80% of podcasts, that maybe a higher number, higher percentage, don't make it past the first seven episodes. So, I mean, congratulations to you for coming up on one year as we're recording this. Yeah. I just yeah. passed two. Thank so, you. I mean, it, it's so Thank cool you. to hear that we're like, because I'll be honest, it gets overwhelming. It feels like you're not doing enough. You're not taking advantage of this social media, this, that, and the other. But, I mean, just to hear that, you know, people are coming, people are willing to be guests, and people are tuning in, that that makes it all worth it. But in, in hearing that, too, and saying that, what do you do to keep it from feeling like a job? Because I'm very guilty of getting burned out or diving too headfirst into it and burning myself out, basically. So well, what sure. are your tips? Well... That's the thing. It's like me starting out. I, I feel like my goal was to make this kind of a side hustle for myself. Yeah. And, and bring in some money. But because I've loved pro wrestling all these years, finally being able to get the chance to talk to somebody like a like an Al Snow yeah. or a Stevie Ray or a Baby Doll or a Devon Dudley, you know, like who would fit? Who would have? thought like it's not every day like you get to talk to these yeah people, you know you're not around them except for at a meet and greet right you're right getting the chance to talk to them and and that's something you know i love talking to the indie talent you know mm -hmm. as well because they they've had you know they've been through so much in their careers yeah and just and they they're just you know incredible people you know 
and you know hearing what they're going through and how they've made a difference in their life just like the 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 well-known names do it's just unbelievable absolutely you know? so i just really would like to get an influx of both you know mainstream national talents that people know and some regional and some people that you know are just coming up i think i'd like to make this kind of a platform yeah for anybody anybody not just like one particular company or two particular companies anybody to come on absolutely because i think you know because like sometimes there'll be podcasts like they'll talk with certain talents but i'd like to welcome anybody yeah who wants to come on the show i've had actually a lot of people like yourself chris reach out to me mm-hmm. that want to come on the show like now i'm starting to hear from like a bunch of people yeah so I, i'm just like you know, the more episodes I do, the more content I can put out. For sure. I try to, I try to, my thing is, is I'd like to put out weekly episodes. I know some podcasters like yeah. to do the bi-weekly. That's great. But I like, for me, I'd like to have a one day release day for the episode and maybe another day where I can work on getting some clips from that particular yeah. show onto YouTube. Right. And share it on social media. You know, that way I feel like I'm not killing myself too much and that's you know, with it that's what i respect right there is that you have a plan and you have structure to it as opposed to just going in and throwing it all against the wall and seeing what sticks as you go i mean it's still a learning process but i love yeah. that you have a foundation and a structure for what you're trying to do it's a smart way to go about it yeah and i mean as like my schedule day-to-day schedule changes yep. i'll find time to do it and upload the shows as need be. You Absolutely. Know, as so it's just it's just going to be it's going to fluctuate a little bit, but I'm I'm willing to make it work, and I'm going to make it work. Absolutely, and I love that attitude too, because I mean, it's if you want it to happen by hook or crook, it's going to happen. If you put it out in the yeah. universe, the universe is going to respond. So I mean, right. I I love that attitude. Thank you, and, and the same thing with your show. Well, thank you. And I mean the thing the thing too about podcasting and I know like you said a lot more people are reaching out to you now um people I think don't realize or maybe they're hesitant at first or they just don't understand but you know it's a free platform for promotion as well that's something that I'm offering you're offering pretty much any podcast you go on it's not only a way to bring eyes to you and your brand but like what we're talking about now with different charities and things that you're involved in it's a great way to bring eyes to that and get people involved with it because who knows, your local charity may need extra people to help out with you know, packing food at Second Harvest or something like that. Right. They hear about this wrestler doing it. They're a fan of his. Oh, they're going to go check it out and you know, maybe meet him at the same time. And now he's got a lifelong fan. And the charity's got people that are helping the community. There's so many good things that can come from the platform right here. Right. Uh, one wrestler that I look up to and admire for doing what he's doing, and someone I'd like to even interview, get a chance to interview on the podcast sometime, is uh, Titus O'Neil. Yes, I was about to sing his praises for everything in Detroit, because he did the same thing at SummerSlam last year in Nashville. But, I mean, he's, yeah. he's the perfect ambassador for what they're doing with the Special Olympics and the Boys and Girls Clubs. That guy, you can tell he genuinely loves what he's doing. Oh, for sure. And as a matter of fact... Um, I don't know if he got a chance to watch Raw a couple of weeks ago, but he was on commentary yes. during one of the matches. Dude, he, he should have been like a lead announcer. Yes. He still should be a lead announcer for one of the shows because he killed it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's so talented. I don't know why they're not doing more with him, even if it's not in the ring. But, I mean, even backstage, like, that guy has personality and charisma for days. Like, you gravitate to him. Big individual 
But I mean, yeah, he killed it on commentary. He kills it in the social ambassador roles. He's not bad in the ring. Like, they've got a oh. well round It's another Miz, basically. Not to say everybody's a Miz, but, you know, you've got guys that can do it all, but you're just not taking advantage of it. But that guy, man, if they're smart, he's got a job for life, and he'll fit in and exceed at whatever they do for him. He definitely. Just one of the, one of the many guys that I feel like goes above and beyond the Call of Duty to help other people and it, and it really shows absolutely and that's and that's the thing too uh and it's something that i harken back to with acting wrestling or whatever if you enjoy what you're doing and you believe in what you're doing people around you will pick up on that if you're just going through the motions people will pick up on that too so i mean exactly it it, it makes a world of difference but you know in saying all this too with uh you know looking at different charities that the wrestlers are involved in and things they get involved with are there any charities that you would like to bring eyes to or anything you would like to make mention of? Well, I've done some work with um, 50 Forward over Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. delivering meals uh, here it. in Nashville with the, um, I believe it was with the YMCA. They yeah. had, like a, had like a program over the holidays, so me and my family would help deliver meals to the homeless. Fantastic. Um, that, that was always fun. Um, I've done a little bit of stuff with um, Second Harvest Food Bank years ago. Um, I would say those two. I definitely, th I definitely think the delivering meals was was pretty fun to for do sure, and, and getting a chance to you know put a smile on someone's face. Absolutely, definitely, I enjoyed going over going over there for the holidays, for Thanksgiving, and for Christmas. Just uh, just heading over there was, was great. And I mean, it's it, it's something too that especially with how stressful today's day and age is, everything went crazy yeah. with COVID. We got past that, but I mean, things are still stressful. The economy, politics, whatever you want to talk about, people can feel lost, and you know, like people don't care sometimes. So, I mean, I can only imagine the the positivity that it brought. You know, seeing you and your family and all these other people bringing meals and just showing that people care, especially around the holidays. Man, that's a a great yeah. and magical thing, and I can't say that enough. No, definitely. Um, I just I just enjoyed going there and, and doing doing what I was. Uh... Doing, doing, being a good citizen. Absolutely. I mean, that's it's just giving to your fellow man more than anything, and that's that's what it's all about. Because I mean, if you put good out into the world, we don't do it for this reason. But if you put good out, good comes back to you. So yes. it, it's just karma more than anything. And depending on what your beliefs are, we won't get into all that. But I mean, it's just yeah. putting good out into the world more than anything because we need more of that than the negativity and everything that sells on TV. Yeah, I mean, we see, you know, with our news, it's all, you know, it's, it's, I feel like it's made us sort of divided. Yep. And so I think one thing that we can t try to take away from what's happened is try to be good within ourselves and try to be the change that we wish to see. So Absolutely. Just be kind, just be kind to people, you know, respect goes a long way. So um, just For treat sure. others the way you'd want to be treated. Man, I couldn't say it any better myself, but, um... So, as, as we're coming up on time here, because Zoom likes to be difficult about all that stuff, um, you mentioned, you know, being a fan of wrestling and wanting to get into the business, but, you know, you and I talked beforehand about a little segment I do called Call It In The Ring here. Sure. Do you want to flip the roles a little bit, take the reins, and throw some questions my way that I have no idea what's even coming? Okay, so I had two in mind. If I come up with a few more, I'll, I'll try to think of stuff off the top of my head, but if you had to pick a personalized ring entrance that any 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 song in the world for you to use at any point in time which one would it be and why 
Man, see, this is the thing. Like, I, I'm constantly changing music as I find new layers to develop with the character. Um, funny you mentioned Baby Doll. I've actually contemplated going back and using something that Tully Blanchard and Ric Flair used on their house shows back in the day. Uh, Easy Lover by Phil Bailey and Phil Collins. The good one? Yep. But, um, man, I think more than anything, the music that fit me the most... Uh, would probably be Metallica's cover of Turn the Page, even though I don't use it anymore, and a bunch of other people started using it, and I stole it from somebody. You know how that goes. But um, I would probably say that is the one that felt the most me. And if I could find a show that had a Titantron and all that, you know, put the video to it, I don't know about Pyro, because the concussion still made me jump. There's no way I could hold it together on that. But get the video package, have that playing through the sound system, and just give me the stage and let it go. But I I think it would have to be Metallica's cover to turn the page. Nice. All right, so if you could wrestle for any company uh, back back in the day, uh, what would it be and why? In all honesty, I think it would have to be, I would say NWA in the heyday of Jim Crockett promotions, and a close second would be the AWA. Uh, just because there were smaller guys. I'm about 5'6", five, 5'7", five, on a good day. Um, I pretty much would have been probably never considered or just lost in the shuffle at WWF at the time, but I would have loved to have been on TV, you know, on the heyday of the Horsemen, Ricky and Robert, all these guys, the Midnight Express, or even being up there, you know, like when the Rockers were first starting in AWA and having a chance to maybe step in the ring with Nick Bockwinkle, who's another favorite of mine. I would have loved to do that because I feel like my style is more similar to what they did back then where it's not so much more of the meat and potatoes but it's more of a believability more than anything sure. I'd rather kick or punch than do a fancy flip now, not that I can do a fancy flip but you know I can at least make what I do look believable and make it look ground and pound so I would have loved the sure. chance to done that or have somebody say hey kid you look like an Anderson let's bring you into that you know because I've had people yeah. tell me I look like a young Arn Anderson so cool you know, like, let's do something like that, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, outside of being a wrestler, what role would you have in the business that... Which role would you want to have in the business if you weren't a wrestler, and why? So, if they came to me today and said, we want you to be a manager, an on-screen manager, where do I sign? Because that's my ultimate goal, because I'm not going to be taking bumps forever. Uh, but if I could be, uh, you know, similar to a Paul Heyman or a Bobby Heenan and even help behind the scenes with producing or booking or whatever, that would be it, man, because I know there are a lot of guys that aren't comfortable talking. I have no problem doing that. So if I could do that, beautiful. Take a bump here and there, but save the bump card, save the body, and just run my mouth until somebody gets their hands on me and punches me. I could right. I could live with that. Yeah. Ties into my next question. Yes. If you could pick anybody to be your manager, who would it be and why? Oh, man. Okay. So... You know, at this point, I would, I don't want to break up the pair of Paul Heyman and and Roman Reigns by any stretch. I would take Bobby Heenan because I know Shawn Michaels. I don't think that would work as a manager, but Bobby Heenan was the all around ultimate utility player and the goat. I would, I would love to have him because he managed some of my favorites. He was a commentator. He did everything. I would love to have just had him by my side and to have been my mouthpiece. Awesome. All right, one more, is that right? Yes, sir. One more? Okay. Dream match. Who would you pick to have anybody in the world, if you could pick any wrestler to have a match with, who would it be and why? Man, okay, there are so many that 
that were supposed to have happened at one point with guys that are, are still alive, but you know, they're, they're not wrestling anymore for whatever reason. But the one that I would drop everything for hands down is Shawn Michaels because that guy, him and Kurt Angle, they're the reason that I finally made the decision to want to be a wrestler. If I could just even get in and have a practice match at the performance center with him done, I can retire happy. That's, that's it, man. Like, uh, but since that one won't happen, I would say Kid Cash because I trained with oh. him. I looked up to him. Uh, you know, my guy, my size, pretty thick, pretty built, loud mouth. Yeah. I I never got the chance, despite being on all these shows with him. I would love to go and see how I could match up against him because I mean he's he's a notorious badass guy. But I would love to try my shot with him. ECW got you, Tennessee sure. boy too. Yep, yep. He, he he runs one of the most intense training courses whenever he does them. Whew, I was sore for a week after that. So, man, I, I would love to see where we would match up now. Yeah, definitely. And I haven't well, seen him in a few years either, so it would be nice to see him and catch up too. So Yeah, that'd be awesome. Man, I love those questions. And I, I love this segment because people, it, the, the questions are always different. And I love being surprised by what you're going to ask because the rule is I don't know this stuff ahead of time. And I, I love being put on the spot like that. So I love being in the moment. And I just, I love the enthusiasm and the questions that you brought to it, man. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you again for having me. Oh, dude, of course. And I, I can't say it enough, but seriously, thank you for being so flexible with everything because peek behind the curtain, I had a last minute rehearsal thrown on that's uh, going to start in about 20 minutes after we wrap up here. And we had to push our, our interview up a little bit. And we had uh, baseball tryouts last week. And just, oh, oh. you know, anything that comes with being a dad and wearing too many hats that comes up, sure. you know. But in all seriousness, man, thank you for, you know, not only giving me the opportunity to come and chat on your podcast and get to know you as a friend, but to have you on here and talk about what you're doing, man. It's been it's been an honor. Oh, it's an honor again to be on your podcast. And uh, anybody that wants to check out Wrestling With Heart, We've got a Facebook page. We've got an Instagram. We're now on Threads. We're on X, formerly yes. known as Twitter. Um, and uh, and we got YouTube. Yep. Wrestling with Heart on YouTube. Wrestling with Heart with Stanley Carr. Uh, just find us. Uh, we've got a lot of content coming out. Lots of interviews. Um, and we're just hoping to grow. So like, share, and subscribe with your friends and family. We hope to have as many followers as possible and love to grow the show absolutely and guys you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna have it all in the show notes for you so make sure if you're watching this on youtube look down below click those links if you're listening to it on whatever podcasting platform check those show notes hit it subscribe rate review leave a five-star review if you feel so inclined and do the same for this show if you haven't already just help us both out get the word of mouth out and enjoy some good quality audio content he's coming up on one year we just hit two and trust me, we're nowhere near done yet. So there's a lot more coming. And man, I can't wait to circle back with you at a later date and see how things are going now and see how much yeah. more it's grown since then. Absolutely. forgot to mention we're on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, you name it, we're most likely on there. Beautiful. So I love find it. Us, find us at Wrestling With Heart with Stanley Carr. Yep. See, that's what we do here, guys. We make it easy for you. So anywhere you find this show, you can find Wrestling With Heart. So... You know what to do as soon as this episode's over. Go find it. Go subscribe and just enjoy the content that he's got. Then leave that review. But man, oh man, this has been fun catching up with you. I can't believe that we've yeah. already gotten this far in. And 
man, it's flown by. It's like catching up with an old friend, and I feel like I've known you for years at this point, so it's amazing. I know. We'd love to meet you in person. Absolutely, and we'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. But guys, as we're winding it up here, I want to encourage you, if you haven't already, like I said at the start of the show, check the link tree for everything we got for Flynn Hendricks and I Know You Hear Me. You got a local wrestling promotion in your town, tell them you want me there. Tell them you want the TV title defended. I'll bring it there. We'll put it up against the best. And then we'll meet you in person, maybe get you some cool merch, take some pictures, and do all that fun stuff. And if you see Stanley at a convention, guys, go up and say hi to him. Tell him you support his stuff and find a charity you can get invested in. Give some good back in the world and have some fun. And then make sure you come back next week for another awesome episode and you know that we'll be doing it all over again. So until next time, for myself, for Stanley, we'll grab a hold and we'll catch you next time. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.